The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Still talking about Reset 2019. Amen. Has it been good so far, the year 2019? Feels like it's going to be a great year. Amen. We started off talking about how you can reset your heart and position your heart towards God's kingdom. You remember? Three weeks ago. And last week we talked about how you can reset your thinking uh, and line up your thoughts with God's word. Amen. Uh, We discovered that the Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your thought life is going to be critical in 2019 uh, going forward. And today we're going to be talking about how you can reset uh, your faithfulness to experience uh, maximum uh, potential for your life. Or to live your life to the fullest. And I was saying, you know, in the first service that all of us are going to go to heaven. But not all of us are going to fully manifest what God created us for. Amen? God has never created anyone, at least who is here, under the sound of my voice, to live an average life. He created you for impact. And for you, he created you for maximum impact. He had a big plan for you and me. And there are things that you and I need to do to position ourselves for God to use us at that level. You know, I was talking to the finance director at TBN as I was leaving after recording my broadcast. And I was saying, she said to me, hey, Pastor T, what's the one word uh, that the Lord is speaking to you for 2019? And I said to her, the one word that I hear is faithfulness. And she said, yes, praise the Lord, because the Lord is faithful. And I said, that's great, but I didn't hear it from that perspective. I heard it from the perspective of, can God trust us to be faithful? So I started asking myself these questions. Can God trust me with more finances? Can God trust me with more influence? Because God is only going to bring to me the level of influence I can handle. Amen? Have you ever heard the statement, uh, money and power corrupt? No, it doesn't corrupt. It just reveals who you really were. Hallelujah. So here, faithfulness is going to be critical in 2019. When we are faithful, God will begin to entrust us with more of the things that he had already preordained to be yours for you to live your life to the maximum potential so that you can make a mark in this earth that will not be erased. Some of you, God has called you to make movies. Some of you, God has called you to be on television and do great things. Some of you, God has called you to be CEOs. But God is very strict about this one quality that we're going to be talking about today. And this quality is called faithfulness. Someone say faithfulness. So we are told of a story by Jesus where the master came and he gave talents. You remember the story? He gave to one five talents. And he gave to another, how many? Two? 
And to the other one, he gave one. And, you know, I actually undervalued these talents when I was teaching in the first service. Uh, Greg told me uh, a talent of gold equates to 33 kgs of gold. And uh, it's equivalent to 19 million rand. So if you were to do math, if we were to round up upwards, the guy who got uh, five talents got 100 million rand. The guy who got uh, two talents got 40 million rand. And the guy who got uh, one talent got, you know... A, 20, 20 million rand. Now, I used to feel sorry for the guy who got one talent. Man, I used to feel sorry for that dude. I didn't realize the dude got 20 million rand. And now, when God gave them these, he's using it as a metaphor for opportunities. You know, I used to think he got five talents, so he was a singer, he was a dancer, and he was an artist. That's not the talent he's talking about. He's talking about money, and this money represents opportunities. Amen? So the master called them up, gave them. To one, he gave five opportunities. To the other, he gave two opportunities. And to the other, he gave one. And all of these are million-dollar opportunities. Yeah. And he says, go and use them. Mm-hmm. And this is what they did. They went and used them. And uh, verse 19, we're going to read from verse 19, uh, Matthew chapter number 25, verse 19. This is what happened when the master came back. It says, in fact, let's read it all together. Let's read the first four words together. Ready? Read. After a long time. See, faithfulness can only be measured after a long time. See, we're in a microwave generation, and people want to be faithful for one weekend and, you know, get a, a brownie sticker from God. No, faithful can only be measured after, ready, read, a long time. And what is he measuring? What is this faithfulness? Here are some synonyms for the word faithfulness. Loyalty. Someone say loyalty. Loyalty. Uh, Dependability. Someone say dependability. Constancy. Someone say constancy. Consistency. Someone say consistency. Now, constancy and consistency can only be measured over a period of time. So, the Bible says after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And there's a reckoning always taking place in the earth realm today, spiritually, for all the opportunities that God has given to us. All the employment opportunities, all the relational opportunities. Because God will send people to your life to bless you. And, to, and you know, some of you have a degree in hurting people. That's not being faithful. That's not being loyal. That's not being dependable to, you know, God's calling over your life. You know, uh, money, whenever you get money, uh, it's a test for your faithfulness. You know, what you're loyal to. Yourself or God or the kingdom of God. Now, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, watch what happened in verse 20. So, he who had received five talents, five opportunities, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. Next verse. So, his Lord said to him, well done, good and what? I didn't hear that. Come on, preach with me. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Now watch this. This is the key that unlocks what we're talking about today. You were faithful over a few things. What's the next word? He says, you were faithful over a few things. Now it's over to me. Because you are faithful over the few things, I will make you, who might be I again? 
God. God is saying, because you had this great quality of loyalty, of dependability, of consistency, I will make you ruler over. See, when you have faithfulness, you don't need a business card. When you have faithfulness, you don't need motivational letters, long motivational letters, why people should hire you. When you have faithfulness, it's up to God. God says, I will make you ruler over much. See, if you're struggling for more opportunities for your talent, it may be because you're not faithful with the small talent. See, it always starts as a small seed, everything in the kingdom. That's why the Bible says, do not despise the days of what? Small. See, if you're going to get into calculus, you may as well master numbers from zero up to nine. I don't want to do zero up to nine. I want to get go straight into differentiation. It's just not going to happen. You have to master the basics if you're going to go into much. And that's what God is doing. He gave them a few things to prove their faithfulness. And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful with the little. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Next verse. He also, we had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look. I have gained two more talents besides them. Next verse. His Lord said to him, well done, good and what? Faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. You know, one of the mistakes I've made in employment in the marketplace and in, uh, uh, even in ministry, in hiring and, you know, working with people is that I've looked for and, 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 and hired anointed people. When I should have looked for and hired faithful people. Because yeah. faithful people become anointed people. Yeah. Let's go to Second Timothy chapter number 2 verse 2. Second Timothy chapter number 2 verse 2. This is the apostle Paul writing to Timothy. And he said to, the, to Timothy, And the things that you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who will be able... Did you see it? He says faithful man will have the ability. You know why? Because the ability of God follows faithful people. Uh, Notice he didn't say commit these things to good looking people. He didn't say commit these things to talented people. He didn't say commit these things to able people. He said look for faithful people. And what did we say are the synonyms for faithfulness? Loyalty. Look for loyal people. Look for dependable people. Look for consistent people. And when you look for those people who are consistent and dependable, get that ball, these things that I've given you, and entrust. See, when you have five seconds left on the clock in a basketball match, and you're down by two, who in your team, I'm talking to HODs, I'm talking to, uh, I'm talking to marketplace leaders, I'm talking to business leaders now, I'm talking to people in this church who hire and fire. And I want you to think about it objectively. The people that you supervise, you have five seconds left on the clock, and the game is about to go down. You need someone who is loyal to the team, the cause to win. You need someone who's dependable. Who's going to show up on time? See, (laughs) even if I was planning to give the ball to Steph Curry, if he doesn't show up to the game on time, the game may be finished by the time he walks in. (laughs) Or he may give me an excuse for why he can't come to work on Monday. Sure. Because he's sick. Okay, all right, moving right (laughs) on. So he said, take these things, commit them to faithful men. And these faithful men will be able 
to teach others. Proverbs chapter number 25 verse 19. Thank you, Jesus. This is going to help you fix some things in your life. See, this is not theology. This is not, you know, Pastor T, I'm going to use that to renew my mind. No, this is something that you've got to be. If you're going to experience increase in God's kingdom. Amen? Because the Bible says, you who is faithful with the least will also be faithful with much. And God says, because you've been faithful with the little, I will make you ruler over much. See, some of you were planning to start being faithful in the march. It's too late. You know, I'll only start working hard when I'm the manager. I'll only really start working hard when I own my own business. You know what the Bible says in Luke 16, actually, verse 10? It says, uh, if you cannot be faithful with that which belongs to someone else, who will give you that which is your own? In other words, if you're not a good employee, oh, let's read it. I like this. He says, if you are, uh, he who is faithful in what is least is also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Next verse. Therefore, someone say therefore. <laughs> if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true riches? Next verse. If you have not been faithful in what is another man's. See, you're, you're, when you work for somebody else, if you have not been faithful when you work for somebody else, if you clock watch, if you come in late, if you come up with all kinds of excuses not to show up to work, if you photocopy the whole syllabus with company you know, stuff, Unisa and, you know. If you, I'm just saying, that's not being faithful. That's being wasteful. Amen? In other words, if you do anything that you wouldn't want to be caught doing at work with your boss, you are not faithful. And he's saying, because you're not faithful doing that because it belongs to someone else, this is Jesus asking, how many of you know God obeys the word? If he says no one will give it to you, I can guarantee you no one will give it to you, starting with God. And man, we've all been caught on the wrong side of this thing called faithfulness. I remember when I got my first job, man, I was bad. (laughs) Man, I was bad. Before I learned these principles, I was terrible. I would wear two suits to work, and the other jacket, I would leave it on the chair just to, you know, kind of deceive, to think that, you know, I'm in the office, because this jacket is still here. (laughs) Man, I was bad. That was terrible. And you know what? I didn't get a promotion. I wonder why they didn't promote me. Those people are crazy. They didn't promote me. And I prayed and fasted. But no one wanted to promote me. You know why? Because if you can't be faithful with that which belongs to someone else, and that's where loyalty is. If you can't be faithful when you work on a team to support your boss, you have to be loyal to your boss. But Pastor G, you don't know what they do. They're mean. Because... Anyway, your boss is not the one who promotes. Your boss is not the one who is going to elevate you. The Bible says promotion does not come from the east or the west. It is God who lifts up the one and puts down another. You must work as if you're working for God. So your true boss is God. So whatever you're doing at work, you're actually doing for God. And your boss is just a puppet that God has put there to refine your character. To let the fruit of the spirit come alive in you. Long suffering and patience and humility. Amen. And unfortunately, you know, some of us, 
failed the test. And this is an awesome reminder, but I'm preaching under conviction. In fact, 99% of today's sermon is preaching to me. Because I know if I can get this faithful thing right, there is an unprecedented promotion that will come on my ministry. God will begin to trust me with more influence. God will begin to trust me with more finances. God will begin to trust me with more people to minister to. I mean, think about it. If everyone God is sending here, we are hurting them and beating them up and backstabbing them. Why should God send a hundred (laughs) more to destroy? Amen? Amen. So we need to get better at being faithful and dependent to God. So I was talking about getting the ball and giving it to the best player on your team. Because if you don't give it to the best player on your team, you're not following 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 2, and something happens, Proverbs 25, verse 19. Watch what happens. Thank you, Jesus. It says in Proverbs 20, 25, verse 19, confidence, in fact, let's read this one together. Ready? Read. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth. Stop right there. He's saying, when you put confidence, when you take that ball and give it to a man who's unfaithful, what did we say are the synonyms for unfaithful? Loyalty. If you give that ball to a man who's not loyal, if you give that ball to a man or a woman who's not dependable, if you give that ball uh, who's not consistent, uh, uh, it's going to be like a, f- a bad tooth, a sore tooth. Anybody ever had a sore tooth in here? It's just me. Sore tooth? Now, the question is, who is it like a sore tooth to? <laughs> I know you didn't think about that. <laughs> it's not a sore tooth to the person you're putting the confidence in. It's a sore tooth to you. Because you need to be careful with who you put your confidence in. So he says in times of trouble, when you are getting ready to put your confidence in someone, look for someone who is faithful. And when you do that, you're not going to have a sore tooth. You're not going to have a a sprained ankle. It's like a foot out of joint. It's not going to feel like that. So in your organization, I was saying to uh, Brother Tinashe here, here in Marua, and I was saying, you know, uh, at least as a pastor, I have an advantage. Because by the time I hire someone, we've already checked their track record. You know, they, we ask, you know, Pastor Henry is in charge of the admin. We ask him, hey, what kind of person is this? We would like to know. What are the statistics? How many times in a week do they serve? Do they love people unconditionally? Do they treat people based on what they can do for them? Do they segregate? Do they only talk to the rich people? Or they save everyone, you know, they love everyone? everyone unconditionally. What kind of person are they? Are they loving? Do they love serving others? And uh, look at the statistic. Do they, you know, uh, 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 fare well when it comes to clicking on, you know, serving and showing up? Because some people click and not show up. So we ask those things. And by the time we hire the person, we have all the information that we need. Now, for some of you who are in the marketplace, the first time you're meeting the person is an interview. So Pastor T, how am I going to know? You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to need to ask God to show you the right people to hire. You can't hire based on looks. You can't hire based on the external. You have to ask God and say, Holy Spirit, please show me the right candidate for this position in my company, for this position in my department. And when you hire faithful people, they will produce fruit. Amen? Now, let's go back to Matthew and let's find out what happened to the guy who had one talent. Do you want to know? Let's find out what happened to him. Uh, Verse 24, then he, which had received one talent, 
came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me. Uh, what verse is that? 24. Then he which received one talent said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not strolled. You know, one way of uh, finding unfaithful people is unfaithful people always blame someone else. I mean, let's think about it. This dude knew the master to be a hard man. He knew the master to want to reap where he didn't sow. Why didn't he tell us when we gave him the talent? He should have told us at the beginning and we would not have wasted a very long time putting our confidence in an unfaithful person. If you knew you were not going to like it in this company, you could have told us while you were signing the contract. If you knew you were planning to be late every single day, you could have told us at the signing of the contract, you know what, I'm planning to be late. I'm planning to photocopy all my books. Yeah, this company, I'm planning to be... You could have told us at the beginning. You're telling us way late. You could have told us that you hate your boss. You could have told us, I hate this guy. I'm signing the contract, but I don't like this guy. And I'm going to be talking about him with my friends in the canteen. You could have told us. And would not have wasted all this time. You're telling us way too late. He says, I knew you to be a hard man. So I went and I hid the talent. Watch what he says in verse 25. I was afraid. Went and hid your talent. And lo, there you have what is yours. His Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strode. You should have taken my money to the exchanges. And then at my coming, I should have received my own with interest or usury. Verse 28 is a hard verse. Are you ready? Man, you're going to have to hold on to your seat. Just just hold on to your seat or hold on to your neighbor before I read this. Because, man, this one is hard. This is Jesus speaking. Tell your neighbor, this is Jesus speaking. Tell them it's not Pastor T. And I'm glad it's not me because this is, this, is, this is a hard saying. This is Jesus speaking. He says, therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. If you read the same story in the book of uh, 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 Luke... He's talking about the story of the ten talents. The, those, the onlookers. In fact, Jesus used the onlookers. He said to the people, therefore you go and take to the one who has one talent and give it to the one who has ten talents. And the onlookers said, but master, the one who has ten talents already has ten talents. And now you are giving him this other one. Now he's going to have eleven talents. Two hundred and what? Twenty million rand. One hundred and twenty million? Now 10 times 20, 220 million rand. Man, man, this dude is rich. And this dude is going to go back to Mbizo 5. <laughs> man, this is bad. He's telling Jesus, no, Lord, this is bad. And Jesus said, do it. And watch what Jesus said in verse 29. Now he's getting ready to get serious. He says, for to everyone who has, more will be given. Stop right there. Man, a lot of people have misunderstood this scripture. I'm going to read it again and ask you a question. For to everyone who has what? Faithfulness. He didn't say to everyone who has money. See, a lot of people thought Jesus was saying the rich will get richer. Yeah, the rich in faithfulness will get richer. Not the rich in money. He's saying for whoever has faithfulness, more opportunities will be given to him. 
and he will have an abundance. Have you ever met these people? He's singing, he's, he's preaching, he's playing basketball, and then he is, man, he has all this, he's a presenter on TV, all these opportunities. And I'm sitting at home. I have no one here. They're selling perfume, you know, drawers and clothes, and they're doing all these things, and I'm sitting at home. And I'm thinking, where are the opportunities? They seem to have 10 opportunities and now they have 11. For to everyone who has faithfulness, to everyone who is dependable. Someone say dependable. To everyone who is loyal. Someone say loyal. To everyone. Have you ever seen these people? It will be 95% unemployment rate. And this person is sitting with three contracts on their table. They, ah, you know. Three job offers. They're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know which one to take. And I'm like, Lord, I have people in my church that would do well with this job. Can I have one of these contracts? For to everyone who has faithfulness, everyone who's dependable. Because the Bible says in Colossians 3.23, work as if you are working for God, not for earthly people. You know, I've had people come to me and they say, Pastor T, I'm on my third warning at work. Can I get a job at church? (laughs) and I say I don't think God is going to be pleased with me if I bring you over here (laughs) amen because they think man over there we're just going to be holding hands and smiling and singing kumbaya and then we do praise and worship on Monday and then you know someone falls under the anointing they sleep on the carpet floor at the office for about 3-4 hours they wake up at 4.30 they say I'm going home (laughs) no when you come to staff you are in the forefront of the battle. Yeah. It gets real. Yeah. All the hurts that are coming, they're now coming to you. Mm-hmm. They're now hitting your inbox. Yeah. Now we're in the real deal. Yeah. When people are dying, they are calling you. Mm-hmm. Now you need to go and lay hands on them. Yeah. When they want real help, they're calling, they're bringing you over. Now you are in the forefront of the battle and there are some casualties sometimes in the forefront of the battle. Yeah. You are walking over dead bodies. I mean, it gets real yeah. in the forefront of the battle. So we don't want sloppy people. Mm. Amen? Amen? And that's what I'm saying. When you're, when you're faithful, he says, man, more will be given to you. More opportunities will come your way. But from him who does not have, does not have what? Faithfulness. Even what he has, even the small opportunities that are supposed to come your way, will be taken away and given to a man who already has multiple opportunities. Watch what he says in the uh, next verse. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So God seems to be serious about this faithful thing, faithfulness thing. He seems to be serious. And I was saying in the first service, ladies, those of you who are, are single and are looking to get married, men, you could use this to find a spouse. I know some of you are looking for a guy who's handsome. That's great. That's great. You're looking for Asha. Is Asha still the hit? Asha. Oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Some of you. The Bible never said to look for looks. For a six pack. You're looking for the wrong thing, my sister. You know what you should be looking for? Dependability. You know what you should be looking for? Consistency. The story must stay the same. (laughs) The story must stay the same. I'm just saying, you know, the story must stay the same. I'm just 
trying to help you. Amen? Loyalty. Not loyalty to themselves, but loyalty to you. Because at the end of the day, man, I may as well have a marriage, premarital class. At the end of the day, the Bible says, Then shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, if he, that dude is not loyal to you, he's not going to be able to leave. And if he doesn't leave psychologically, emotionally, and financially, he will go to mama every time you guys have a fight. Emotionally, you, in fact, you will expect you to become his mom. Oh my word. <laughs> if he doesn't leave, you must cook like my mom, you must hey. talk like my mom, you must baby me like my mom, you, must, you know, and it, it becomes the real deal. You know why? And the problem is misplaced loyalty. But when he's loyal to you, when he's dependable, whatever he says is look for faithfulness. Man, this dude might be a gorilla, Manila. <laughs> But if he's faithful, ladies, go with that dude. Oh, that's preaching. Amen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We had the 10-year challenge. You had the 10-year challenge. This is an awesome teaching. You know why? Because a lot of people were not happy with their 10-year challenge, so they didn't post. But here's the good news. You can change your 10-year challenge for 2029. Today. You can start fixing some things and become faithful with the things that just become dependable with the commitments and the decisions that you have made. And I can guarantee you in 2029, God will have promoted you to unprecedented measures. God will bring to your uh, account finances that you've never seen before. Because all he's looking for is faithfulness. God will bring you influence. Like never before. Because God is looking for these people who are faithful. In fact, every, almost every scripture, uh, uh, every book, Romans, I know at least, and Ephesians, when the Apostle Paul is writing to the churches at Rome and Ephesus, he starts with these words, to the saints and to the faithful at Ephesus. You would always single out the faithful. To the saints and to the faithful at Ephesus. Because he was looking for faithful people to put in positions of authority. As a church, imagine if we could be faithful with the great commission that God has given us. Imagine if we could be faithful with loving people unconditionally. Everyone that walks into this building. Man, we would change the world. Amen? Amen. And that's why... You know, when we put people in uh, uh, positions of authority at the church, we have some of the internal terms that we use. You know, when we look at people, we look at EQ, emotional uh, quotient. We want to know if someone can handle, you know, uh, uh, they're emotionally stable. You know, are they emotionally stable? Are they all right? You know, I wasn't emotionally stable like 10 years ago. I'm a little bit better. I'm getting better at it. Man, you could look at me with a wrong tone and I would get, you know, depressed for the next two weeks. Like, man, they don't like me. Now it doesn't matter that much. You can look at me any kind of way. I'm like, no. they're not buying me Nando's, so That's right. it's, it, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And I, I had to develop. I, had, you know, to get better at that. There's also a, 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 a adversity caution. How well do you handle... In fact, adversity quotient is right at the top when we're hiring people for staff. How well do you handle challenges? 
Because life has challenges. We have an opposition. We have an, uh, an enemy. It's called the devil. He's going to come against you. He's going to come against our finances as the church. He's going to come against the leadership. He's going to come against people around us. How well do you handle, you know, adversity? Ministry is tough. You know, a lot of people think ministry is easy. Ministry is tough. Just last week, we were teaching about sexual sin, and I mentioned adultery, fornication, homosexuality, uh, bestiality, and we got an email. I couldn't believe my eyes. We got an email saying that we should not call homosexuality and bestiality and all these things (laughs) sins. And this is warfare. And I said, you know what? We will call it what the Bible calls it. Yeah, that's right. We love the sinner, but we don't condone the sin. Homosexuality is a sin, brothers and sisters. God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And if we have to shut down the church because we are standing on God's word, we we better shut it down than come here every Sunday and God's spirit has departed. And God's anointing is not on what we're doing. Amen? So, and it goes... Through the marketplaces, it goes into the church. When we're looking for leaders, man, we're looking for people who genuinely have people's uh, uh, needs at heart. I was saying, you know, uh, to some of the guys I mentor, and I was saying, the only way to measure success in ministry is by the transformed lives. Yeah, that's, right. that's why we don't want leaders who are bullies. We don't want leaders who load it over people. We don't want leaders who take advantage of people. We don't want leaders who borrow money from people they lead and never return it. They use the church's undue influence and the message that we teach of generosity to take advantage of. We don't want leaders like that because it doesn't prove that we are faithful. And when we are not faithful in those little things, God is not going to bring us the much. And I, I'm a man under conviction because I ask myself these questions. Am I faithful with the influence that God is giving to the church and to me personally? Am I faithful if God starts bringing 200 million rand to the church? Am I still going to visit people at the hospitals and lay hands on them and pray for them? Or I'm going to be too busy playing golf because of the influence? That's dependability. Can God depend on you to do what he has called you to do or you're going to get busy because of the blessing? So it cuts across the board. It's not just me preaching at you. It's me preaching at me too because this is how important this message is. But when you are faithful in the little, God will bring you over here where there is an abundance, where there is much. I'm telling you, you can get rid of the sore tooth. Those of you who own businesses. Anybody who owns a business, just leave it. Man, I'm telling you, as you hire people, you need to pray that the Holy Spirit brings you the right people. You need to pray that the Holy Spirit brings you the faithful people that will be loyal to the company vision. Man, I've never... See, when people come to my office and they say, I'm working, but I'm starting a business. You know, I don't pray for that. I'm not praying for you. Either you're working or you're starting a business. Because you can't be using company time to do your own personal stuff. That's not faithful. Unless you're doing it after hours, praise God, then God bless you. But if you're at work, working on your personal planning you know, project and using your boss's time, your real boss is God. Uh, and he's not going to bless you. Is this all right? Yeah. Is this good? Man, your real boss is God, and God wants to bless you to unprecedented measures. But you have to start being faithful with a little. 
Clock watching is terrible, and the Bible has something to say about it in Ephesians chapter number 5 and 6. Go and read it. It says, don't work as man pleases with eye service. In other words, it's saying don't only work when your boss is looking. Man, if you get excited when your boss leaves the office, you probably, <laughs> you, you probably, you probably, you know, Ah, he's gone, yeah, yeah, he's gone. He's here. And then when he pulls up, if you get sad, you know, you probably need to work on it. Amen? Because your real boss is God. And I'm telling you, when you start circumcising your heart, when you start, you know, presenting yourself as a faithful steward to God, Jesus gave it as a guarantee. He says, ye who was faithful with the least will be entrusted with much. It's a principle just like gravity is a principle. The faithful will tap into God's abundance. Amen? Why don't you stand on your feet? You're going to be back next week? (laughs) see this faithfulness is going to follow us even into heaven the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 from verse 11 to 15 for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ do you mind giving it to me in the New Living Translation engineer Uh, next verse thank you sir Anyone who builds on that foundation may use variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hair, or straw. So our faithfulness is classified in two. It's either gold, silver, and jewels, or wood, hay, and straw. And when we get to heaven, this is what's going to happen. Next verse. But on judgment day, someone say on judgment day. Fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. So all of us in here are going to make it to heaven. But our work, what we, had, what we have done in the earth realm will be tested by fire to see if it was silver, gold, or precious stone, or it was wood, hay, and stubble. Amen? And here's what the scripture says. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Man, I want my work to have value in heaven. So we're not just going to grow the church at any cost. If it means breaking the word to grow the church, we're just not going to do it because that work will not have any value in heaven. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. Now watch what happens in the next verse. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. Next verse. But if the work is burnt up, the builder will suffer a great loss. Man, a lot of people are going to suffer a great loss in heaven. But the builder will be saved. You'll make it to heaven. But I want to make it to heaven an extra. But like someone barely escaping through a wall of flame. Yeah, they just, they just, you know, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they made it into heaven, but you know, it was like, ah, it was like, man, they just, through the back door, it was like going through the back door. Have you ever heard people say, yeah, 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 they went in through the, I don't want to do that. I want to be there through the front door. And the way you do that is by circumcising your heart, purify your heart and just, Say, man, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to work as if I'm working to God and for God. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.